And this Go. ball in the air, deep right center Go. field. Two-run home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, he'll watch it go Chuck Nasty. Two-run home run, David Dahl. And Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. Welcome in to the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by StravaCraft Coffee. Remember to use their promo code DNVR20 because when you do that, you save 20% off your entire purchase of that CBD infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life altering StravaCraft coffee. I, of course, am your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is a beat writer, Patrick Lyons. And on this episode, believe it or not, we've got to discuss another loss for the Colorado Rockies at the hands of the Los Angeles Dodgers. This one coming by a score of 6-1. to one. There wasn't a lot of positive to take away from this game from a Colorado Rockies standpoint. We are going to challenge ourselves to bring you a couple of those inside of the analysis of everything that that went wrong out there for the Rockies. And Patrick, I I did want to start there in the seventh inning with Michael Givens and what went wrong as this kind of microcosm of everything that's gone wrong for the Rockies these last couple of years in general, the way the fans are feeling because he gives up the solo opposite field home run to A.J. Pollock on a pitch that was not terrible, but not where he wanted. You're you're frustrated. You live with it. You tip your cap, as we love to say in our game. And then they proceeded to just give two runs to the Dodgers. One on a wild pitch. The other... On now, this again, th- there's a little bit of a, a course field nuance here. The the worst play of the game, probably the worst play of the season for the Colorado Rockies, a missed pickoff attempt on Mookie Betts at second base, where he scored all the way from second. That is, in no uncertain terms, embarrassing. Can't happen. But I will also say that with where the Rockies play their outfield defense, which is another thing I've had issue with going back to the beginning of last year. Garrett Hampson's a football field and a half away. He's got to come sprinting in 100 yards, literally, to get that baseball to try to throw out Mookie Betts. In a normal outfield, you're not going to have that problem, but still, it just, Patrick, when when a play like that happens, you just feel like, oh, I guess we're the worst team in the whole world and why even take the field? I get why fans feel that way when a play like that happens. That really was the the turning point as I had it because even after Pollock's home run, it's four one, but you're one Josh Fuentes home run away from tying right. the game. I mean, that's, that's the state that's of the Rockies. Right. Let's face it; he he did it Friday night, and you go, "Hey, the kid can do it again." So three run, you know, being down three runs, 
isn't the worst thing in the world. Kershaw's probably at the end of his rope, and we did only see him finish up the seventh inning before Jake McGee uh, made an appearance uh, now at Coors Field after Wade Davis did not think that was going to be a thing. <laughs> but McGee appeared at Coors Field after the Wade Davis era. There was one other thing Technicality. in a very similar category, by the way, where Clayton Kershaw threw a fastball to Matt Kemp that was a good two inches below the strike zone, and it was called a strike. And part of me was like, good, Matt. Sit with that feeling. Know that that's what you were benefited by for 10 years. I just want you to know because you could see how angry he was, but he knew Kershaw gets those calls, and he legitimately benefited. So there was that part of me that was like, you know what? Good. <laughs> Yeah, that's happened to him a lot this year, but that's a very fair point because he saw that a lot out there in center field. Yeah. You know, just <laughs> left or right of center going, man, I can see from out here, my boy got one. And mm -hmm. that's how it goes when you're you know, an inevitable first ballot Hall of Famer. So, you know, that being said, it's 4-1, and that very much was the turning point because really that, that rally, and I don't know if, again, you don't necessarily credit the Dodgers because you the can. only thing they did was – uh, or Mookie Betts did was single. Barnes got hit by a pitch, second night in a row that happened. Uh, he stole Can't second base, uh, yeah. which good on him. Again, as a catcher, having that, you know, Jason Can't Kendall speed. There's a name for you, Jason Kendall. Yep. And, and <laughs> Betts it. singles, but Barnes only gets the third. You have first and third. Again, the wild pitch. That's how Betts gets up the second. And it's right there in that, that series of, of seconds, ultimately, between the wild pitch making at 5-1, and then the error throw to the outfield where Betts scores, and you go, okay, now that was, you know, there, there's no saying they would have been able to come back from 4-1, but you go, well, I, I can't turn this game off yet. You know, the at-bats have been somewhat questionable. They're just, they're lacking that, you know, uh, joie de vivre, if you will, late in the game. You know, they, they seem to... to Je ne sais quoi. On, on peut, on peut, yeah. A um, little bit. Uh, you know... And they've 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 tapped into that from time to time here and there, but they definitely d didn't seem to have it at at this point. Uh, but then again, that run number five in the, on the wild pitch, the error to make it six one, and it was this is not not happening. And just how many times on this podcast have I said you can't just give stuff away, and you certainly can't do it to the best team in baseball, and. Uh, and that's it. But, but the, the flip side of it also, Patrick, is, of course, when you only score one run, and that one run is essentially manufactured out of sheer force of willpower by Rymal Tapia, who got almost no help on that trip around the bases. Let's walk through it really quick because this is classic Rymal Tapia stuff. Ground ball up the middle that narrowly escapes defenders, two of them by about a foot. Each one of those guys probably could have reached out and touched that baseball. They chose not to because they thought they had a better chance center fielder to get them. Did not. Double on a ground ball up the middle. You take that as an extra base hit. They all count the same. Ryan Maltapia leads off the game against Clayton Kershaw after the other guys have already established some momentum by grabbing a couple of early runs. Left on left. Left on left. And not and again, not just left on left, but left on the left. Left on <laughs> yes. Hall of Famer left. Like then one of the greatest lefties of all time. Ryan Maltapia, <laughs> what's he do? Good at bat, good contact. Continues 
to do the thing. People that think it's an accident still make me chuckle a little bit. Then what happens? Trevor Story on a decent little streak here, though still striking out too much. What's he do? Strikes out in the worst possible situation to strike out. You have to find a way to move the runner over there. But again, situationally, Story continues to struggle. So then Tapia just steals third. No harm, no foul. Hey, you know what? Don't worry about Story. I will pick you up to get to third base. Straight up picks up a a, a star, an all-star player who's making 10 times as much money as he is. And he picks him up right there by stealing third, saying, hey, you could have hit a ground ball to the right side or a a fly ball to medium deep outfield. I'll pick you up. Not only did he pick up Trevor Story there, but he also picks up Nolan Arenado, who's batting roughly zero with runners in scoring position this season. And didn't come through with a base hit there. Hit a weak tapper off of home plate that, honestly, if the Dodgers had been playing the infield in, if it had been late in the game and they really didn't want that run to score, it would not have. Tapio would have been jogging back to the dugout again. But because they were, as the terminology goes, conceding the run, they were back. Tapia scores the only run of the game for the Rockies, but he created it by himself. Yeah, hats off to him and, and helmets off to him because usually his helmet is off of his head if he's running uh, with that beautiful mane that he's got on, on top of his head. Yeah, he, he created that. And that's, you know, you, you, would, you would love to see that more um, just because it, that's on him. And, and you, you, you don't love to see that more in a sense because it, it just ultimately means that the team as a whole and the lineup isn't, you know, doing what they need to do, but you would you would like to see it taken to the next level, where you know he's he's doing some some bigger things, where he's you know slashing leadoff triples, and he's doing it in consecutive at bats, and really taking his game to that level that David Dahl did, you know, last year. And I think right. that's that's his evolution. It is is next year. That's the next step. Yeah, much like we we were kind of saying, the next step for the Rockies, you know, fifth all-star, if there's going to be one, is Ryan McMahon. And, you know, that's a that's a topic for another day. But yeah. Toppy has yeah. now kind yeah. of become that guy that can just take that step up because, you know, his numbers at the end of the year, or even, even at, at the midpoint range, might really not be flashy enough, I think, uh, for all-star voters. Uh, and I don't, I don't know if he's – if he would be vo- ever voted in. But right. I think he would garner enough interest from, you know, players giving their respect and, and managers and looking and going, wow, he's doing a lot of little things well. And he's an exciting player. Look how many bags he's stealing. Look at how he's setting the table for Colorado and, and say, you know what, like, like almost like what Juan Pierre did in a lot of ways where it wasn't flashy, but you go, now we're talking. that's a ball player. You've got to respect what this guy is doing yeah. for the team, for the lineup, generating runs, producing it with his legs, doing it in the field defensively. Like there's a way in which he can do that. And that's, it's not, it's not a reach for that to happen. Now it might not mean being a perennial all-star like a David Dahl, but it does mean that Tapia could be that guy. If he can continue to, to produce the way that he's been and, it really just starts to snowball in a positive way because I think in the past, you know, not that he was overthinking too much, but he would always, not always, but it's a 
big generalization, but a lot of times he would he would fall on the wrong side of of, of luck. And oh, what are you doing there? Doing too much, trying to get to third base there, and you you made the the first or third out at at third base, trying to stretch something out, or oh, what was that route in left field? Maybe trying to do too much, whatever it is. Now he's doing too much, and you go, well, thank God. He's Thanks. doing too much. Someone's Otherwise, doing a little too much out yes. there. Right? Otherwise, you've got a shutout. And, you know, even still, you know, if, if no one was paying attention, you know, this is now the sixth time in seven games. So Friday night is is was the streak breaker that they had scored three or less runs at Coors Field. Think about that. It's the first time it ever happened in Coors Field history in a single yeah. season. It happened once over a five-game stretch, but it was at the end of the – I believe 17 season, the beginning of the 18 oh. season, but that had never happened. And this is a team that we're saying, all right, McMahon becomes their fifth all-star. Tapia steps up and he's borderline all-star. You're talking six all-stars. The rotation's doing what it's doing. Um, and, and it's, we could have had a shutout here tonight if it were not for right. St. Rymel. Exactly. Do you right. co-listening? I know, right? This Come is on, a shirt. St. Rymel. No. There you Saint go. Rymel. But, and I'm so glad you brought up the Juan Pierre comparison because I've seen so many people throwing out Tapia's WRC plus and, and, and F war and stuff on this stretch. He's been on to tell Rockies fans. He's actually not good. Don't get excited. He hasn't been good. Uh, he's not going to be good. Uh, Juan Pierre in 2001 hit 327 for the Colorado Rockies stole 46 bases Scored 108 runs, had a WRC plus of 91, which is kind of about where Ramal Tapia is at right now. You cannot, if you don't hit home runs, you can't put up a huge WRC plus as a member of the Colorado Rockies. You just, right. you just can't. For most teams, it, it's difficult, but as a member of the Rockies, when you're being punished for your hits on the road, just well. And Patrick and I talked about it. Ramal Tapia's most important skill is what? You might want to say contact, mm, close. That's his second most important skill. You might want to say speed, mm, very close. It's his third most important skill. What's his number one most important skill? Consistency. Every single time. When was the last time the dude had a terrible at bat? Okay, they happen here and there. When was the last time the dude went over and had a terrible game at the plate? Has it happened since he's been moved into the leadoff spot? I don't think it's happened a single time. No. And so WRC plus me all you want. Again, and, and and Juan Pierre kept doing it throughout his career. In 2003, 305 batting average, 65 stolen bases, a 100 WRC plus. I'm sorry. A guy who hits over 300 and steals that many bases and scores that many runs is not a league average ball player. He's doing a different thing, and, and that's fine. You may not trust it. Ichiro Suzuki's career, WRC Plus, was 115. There's a place for those guys on your team, right? You just need the – I've never seen, back to your point, Patrick, about the shutouts at Coors Field and the low-scoring runs at Coors Field. I've never seen the, the heart of a Rockies lineup perform this poorly for this long. That's the issue. Is the heart of the order isn't getting it done. The the Yankees throw a pinstripe jersey on a player, and he bats eighth in their lineup, and he's going to hit 20, 25 home runs. There's magic there right. 
with those original classic. Also, pinstripes. right field is 12 feet away, but the, the pinstripes yes. are right. Right. But, <laughs> right. Right. but to your point, you put, a, you put a guy third, fourth, or fifth in the Rockies lineup, no matter who it is, even if it's a Sunday day game and you're resting your starters, some of two, at least two of those guys are going to go off with a couple extra base hits. So that's, that's like the equivalent in Colorado is if you bat a guy clean up, even if it's, you know, one of those days and you go, man, you're looking around and let's just put our best hitters towards the top of the lineup. Hampy, you're batting fourth. Hampson will have at least one extra base hit. Like that's that magic because it's Coors Field and yet they're, they're, they're suffering in, in, in a major yeah. way yeah. and they, they need that consistency and you started off by talking about Juan Pierre and in in 2003 oh yeah by the way he was the leadoff hitter for the world champion Florida yeah. Marlins in right. 2003 and you and know how he, that world series started against the Yankees yeah first play I don't know if it was the first pitch first play of that world series in Yankee Stadium bunt single Juan Pierre Put stole that first in your, base is what you're saying. Yeah, he stole first base. And you know what? He probably stole second after that. And I'm not sure how many runs he scored in that World Series, but enough to beat the Yankees. Luis Castillo bat second in that lineup. Again, right. not a world beater, but right. a consistent guy. And Juan Pierre, yes. to that point, was so consistent that beginning in 2003, he played all 162 games for five straight seasons. Yep. Yes. Yep. So Let me give me two more names. Willie yeah. Tavares, Kazuo Matsui. You could have hit Tulo second. You could have hit Brad Hopp or Matt Holiday second, and the advanced metrics might tell you to do that. But the Rockies were at their absolute best when they had two consistent speedy dudes leading off their lineup. And, and I think in, the, in an ideal world, you know, again, Story's got the speed to make that Tapia Story combo, but he strikes out too much. He's got to bring yeah. that strikeout thing down. If you could have Hampson in there, and then get to those big bats. Uh, you know, Hampton's cooled off a little bit. But like you said, there's the makings of a good lineup here. And I, you know, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. I keep saying we've got the offseason to talk about all these things. But I would not be shocked if there's a different hitting coach. Uh, yeah. We're, we're planting seeds for the offseason. Yeah. And using those guys, using their legs is such a key component. Putting the ball in play. Like you said, story striking out too much. You know, you bat him lead off. You know, obviously, I think his, his approach changes in a lot of ways, and he doesn't strike out 190, se- 190 times in a season. Um, and, and where did I pick up that number 190 times? Because that's how many times Juan Pierre struck out over those five seasons from over 2003 five. to 2007. So, again, Raimel Tapi is not Juan Ooh. Pierre. But, you know, if you're, if you're dreaming and you're thinking and you're, you're doing that, you know, fantasy manager at home of, or fantasy GM, and uh, we can – talk about that what that might mean uh in a different context of fantasy gm but nevertheless ryan altapia is a guy that's that's getting it done for colorado right now yeah absolutely well we do have one other bright spot that we've got to talk about and i'll tell you what i wouldn't necessarily have bet on it i wouldn't have gone down to the DraftKings sportsbook app and said hey uh, i believe this is going to happen there's a few other things i've been much more confident about this season so i've gotten We've gotten some good bets in on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Uh, certainly during week one, the fact that the Chiefs managed to not lose by 100, that picked me up pretty nicely. You gotta Somehow love. they managed. Somehow, Somehow they managed. <laughs> you got to love when DraftKings 
sets you up for a big win like they that. Do. They got all kinds of cool promotions too, where they're always doing stuff like that, whether it's throwing a little extra cash your way for what amounts to basically a, a free bet on whatever you want, or just setting you up with something like this for week two, real simple in the NFL, you bet $1 on any team to win, not to cover a complicated run line or not runs. They don't score runs in the NFL, do they? They, they, they have points and touchdowns and things. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff or whether or not you understand, you know, the ins and outs and gambling. Though I will say, check out the DNVR Bets program. They explain it very simply, and it, it can be a lot of fun to get in on that. But this is as easy as it gets. Bet $1 on a team to win. Pick a team. It, it's a dollar. You don't even have to know anything about the NFL. Throw down a buck on a team whose colors you like the best. Because if that team wins... You pick up a hundred bucks, go grocery shopping. Well, you have the grocery shopping that you can do for that week. Little uh, on behalf of DraftKings, you, you say this grocery shopping trip is behalf of our friends over at DraftKings. You download that top rated sports book app now. Use the promo code DNBR when you sign up and you'll get this can't miss offer. Pick any team during week, week two, bet $1. You win a hundred bucks if they win. Simple as that. $1 to win 100 bucks. Use that promo code DNVR during sign-up for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. You know, I'll take it one step further because my DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week is the New York Yankees on Sunday. It's a nice early game 11.07 a.m. for you Rockies fans and, and, and baseball fanatics that are out there. They're going against the Red Sox, so there's always juice in that game, if you didn't know. Uh, it's kind of like, like Rockies Mariners, you know, how they are <laughs> natural rivals, according to MLB. It's like that, but probably a little bit more. A little bit more. <laughs> I love so, the no sell on that. So, but, but Davey Garcia is – you know, okay, the Yankees already have everything, so why not a young, exciting yeah. starting pitcher? Uh, <laughs> One of know, these, yeah. Just made his debut, and he's a guy to root for because he's almost quite literally my size. He's 5'9", 163 pounds, 21 years old, so he's a couple years younger than me. Um, but he's been fantastic in his four starts already, and, you know, he's he's looking to essentially try to make that playoff roster and uh, and do some big things. They they could use him in the bullpen, but ultimately, again, that's that's just the the, the pick of the day. If if you're not really interested in doing the baseball thing tomorrow, because it is it is NFL Sunday, um, you can get, you can get a little baseball in and, and win a little bit of money. Because my DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week is the New York Yankees at minus one seventy seven, but that's a lock. So you're yeah. gonna come away. You're gonna come away with a win. So yeah, you got to put down a little something, but you're gonna be very glad I did because my pick last week worked. Dodgers on a bullpen right. day did right. go out and shove on ESPN uh, Sunday yeah. Night Baseball, and it's going to happen again this week too. Yeah. yeah, I think that's good stuff right there. Plus, you get to root for DJ LeMahieu again. Really fantastic stuff. In fact, we should probably figure out, <laughs> Patrick, you and I have talked about this a little bit off air, what exactly we're going to do during the postseason before we get into the time when there's actually no baseball games whatsoever. And let us know out there, uh, you know, because uh, we, we've been talking about, hey, maybe we just pick a team to follow a little bit, or maybe we'll give you just the postseason coverage in general, the news. Uh, you know, I'd love to take a wide-angle look on it, but maybe we 
we attach a little more to one of the teams and maybe we reach out to our friends over mm-hmm. at the John Boy Productions. We, we give Talk and Jake a call. We, we get in on this Yankees bandwagon and we, we do the DJ LeMahieu. I know Adam Adovino's had a, a tough, uh, <laughs> I warned him. <laughs> I warned him about the whole auto experience and they've had it there in New York. <laughs> But I also warned them about the DJ LeMahieu experience, and they've had that as well. So maybe that's a team we could do a mashup. Yeah, we could do a little John Boy DNVR mashup, or co- we cover all the the National League because if you're kind of worried about yeah. the Dodgers and the Padres being good for the next five to ten years, and you go, "Oh, how miserable is it going to be?" We will show you and tell you exactly how miserable Stay that tuned. will be. Stay tuned, DNVR. Yeah, miserable factor. We'll get it covered all October. (laughs) One of those things. We'll we'll have to let you know one way or the other. Still not an absolute impossibility uh, that the Colorado Rockies, of course, sneak their way into this thing. If they do, they're going to need more performances like the one they got out of our draft king of the game from this evening. Chichi Gonzalez, uh, you know, not a... Sterling performance on paper by any means, but when you go five innings, give up three earned runs, you navigate the Dodgers lineup and you do so at Coors Field, you've kept your team in the game. You've you've given your club a chance to win. And yeah, not the uh you know, not 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 the blow you away right home to tell your parents about this amazing pitching performance that you saw this one day late in September, but for a guy who, especially after he gave up the first two runs there in the, the first inning, you thought, oh boy, here we go. It's going to be a terrible night. The Rockies are going to be going into their bullpen in the third. They're going to lose by double digits again. And that when he departed the field in the fifth, it was a two-run baseball game that if the Rockies offense had shown up, they could have been right there. I think you've got to tip your cap to Chichi Gonzalez, who's had a very difficult season, and, and say, well done in what was a thankless, like a, a, a lose-lose situation for the young man. It was a Coors Field quality start. Anytime right. you can get right. close to six innings and three earned runs, that's a Coors Field quality start. So five innings pitched, three earned runs from Chichi Gonzalez does earn him that DraftKings sportsbook king of the game. And, yeah, he might not have been – worthy of being at the round table and, and, and being akin to a King Arthur. He might've been like the guy after King Arthur, you know, King Dave or whoever. I don't, I don't know all of the, uh, the, the history. Dave, Mo Curly right king, after that. King Bill or whoever, like he was a king. So he really did a good job. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but you know, not King, Ar- more King Bill like, so King Chi Chi, um, you know, not as good, even as good as King Booker, definitely not as good as the Macho King. But nevertheless, we are. It's minute twenty-six, so that's you know, take a shot if uh, if you're if you're if you're watching live or listening uh, at home, not in the car. But it's uh, at minute twenty-six. Your first wrestling reference. Take that I shot of your of your Breckenridge bourbon. You that's gotta right. have some of that. That's. I've only had one small sip so far. It's just like, what can I? Actually, there's some right downstairs. When's the last call? Oh, I've got time. And, and we done. lost Drew. And Drew just <laughs> say, if his, good night, everybody. <laughs> your Wi-Fi is going to conveniently cut out, so you yeah, can right. go get some Breck bourbon. <laughs> How convenient! It's like Drew. I can see you walking away. Nope, it's the Wi-Fi. What? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm frozen. But, I promise. 
But yeah, Chi Chi, you know, he he did a, a good enough job that again should get the job done. If we're, you know, going into Thursday night's game, uh, you know, I'm not gonna say foolishly because doing the job and saying, hey, Colorado sweeps the Dodgers in four games. How do you feel about this? Obviously, it's gonna be the other way around, most likely, but nevertheless, when we but when we talk about, hey, all right, how does this sweep go down? Well, on Saturday, you got Chi Chi going. You didn't really think he was going to make, you know, any more starts this year. Obviously, John Gray uh, not being able to to come back yeah. this season. The need for that fifth starter now, and you go, all right, well, what if, right, what if Chi Chi goes five innings, keeps him in the game, you know, three earned runs, um, and and you know, again, can finish five. It's it's not as if you know. He starts the six with runners on base. You're like, you're like, okay, that's the recipe that puts you in a position where, again, you're a three-run home run away from tying the game, taking the lead, whatever it is. Against the Dodgers, yeah, you're not going to blow them out of the water. You're not going to win every game from the bottom of the first on to the, to, the, to the top of the ninth winning at home. So you know what? You're going to take that Coors Field quality start, and just so happens that you need a lot more <laughs> than that right now unfortunately yeah. with the state of the offense how it's been going yeah yeah just not there patrick one of the things that well you mentioned a couple little bits of news items there so since we hadn't talked about it, i figure we'll close out on this now we we have talked about john gray being out for the rest of the year a little bit minor news today i guess in a way something that we probably expected but the way davis era and therefore, the old Super Bowl pen era in in Colorado ha, has come to a close, almost certainly, uh, with Wade Davis being DFA'd. Now, uh, them being off the hook for the option for next year. AJ Ramos got called up. He looked like he was okay. <laughs> I'm the, you know, the results were were fine. I'm not going to go running to the hills about his 92 mile an hour fastball that. He got away with, but it's it's not enough for an AJ is okay article exclusive. <laughs> not enough. <laughs> but, need a few more of those. AJ is okay. Well, he was better than Wade Davis, and you know it is. It's another one, Patrick. And we saw you mentioned you know Jake McGee coming back out and and looking a little bit better tonight. But another one of these guys who just great resume coming in comes to Coors Field. And was never himself again. And um, it just ends that way. And, of course, the overwhelming reply, you know, to the DNVR Rockies tweet of just the news, Wade Davis has been DFA'd, AJ Ramos has been called up, was just basically, hallelujah, finally, he's gone. And that's really, it really is too bad for a guy who was at one point one of the best relievers in baseball and Colorado Rockies fans will think nothing other than negative thoughts about him. It's, it's a lot of, you know, what have you, what have you done for me lately? And uh, you know, in, in 2018, you know, was an all-star and again, things go differently in that, that brewer series in the NLDS where, you know, they get, get swept, you know, you can, if you make more October memories, you can definitely forgive, I think a lot, and you know, Davis had had nothing to do with that sweep. Unfortunately, it was really again more about the offense not right. coming through against the the Brewers. But you know, had had a huge season. But a lot of guys have have had a huge season 
that weren't making that kind of money. And that's that's really where the crux of it comes down. Because if you think of Greg Holland, and he got paid pretty well for one season, but he was he was perfect in that. Where it was, hey, the length was just right. He came in, did what he had to do, and got the job done. And you go, great, that's we're all for that. But because the marriage was so much longer, it was, you know, you you flam- is it better to uh, burn out or to fade away? You know, the the, the great Neil Young lyric. Uh, and and you know, for for Wade Davis, he faded away, and you go, ah, you don't remember those guys quite as well, whereas, you know, you, you take a Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Kurt Cobain, um, and a guy like Juice World, who you might not be too familiar with, but if those of you out there who know, you say, wow, yeah, he kind of, he burned out. He died way too young and too early before, you know, he could be appreciated. Notorious B.I.G., Tupac, a lot of those guys. We're right, going to go they're, to yeah. yeah, they're they're revered because they never sucked. They never right. had right. a 2019 2020 Wade Davis season, and that's probably the last time you're ever going to hear uh Tupac being compared to Wade Davis. But, <laughs> I was say, uh, no, I love it, yeah, yeah, but I mean, but that's that's kind of the way it goes, and you know, and then you've got the fact that he was a part of a, of a trio, uh, Jim Morrison, absolutely. Uh, he was a part of a trio with Brian Shaw and Jake McGee, and it just it just tethers all those guys together, and you know, instead of Wade Davis being you know fantastic for one third the length of of his contract and maybe maybe it's it's slightly more than that technically because this year wasn't a a full season but let's say one third you go yeah but sean mcgee were over three on those so really collectively it's one for nine and it's like it's just it's atrocious and as you said it's it's the end of an era Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I'll have I'll have a lot more thoughts on that. I have a lot more thoughts. I have many thoughts in my brain heads, and I'm just just trying trying to figure out which one of them I'm going to let out. I think that's <laughs> I think that's the, the the place where I'm at at this point. It's like, mm. but yeah, no. Uh, the end of this bullpen era. The short version of what's going to be much longer later is. B plus concept, F minus execution, mm. and and that's a tough place to sit. And so we'll see what happens next. But uh, it's on a lot of different people, including the individuals involved. Uh, we we seem to be very good at letting um, individuals off the hook for ultimately their own output into the world. Sometimes, um, and I feel like Brian Shaw and Jake McGee and Wade Davis, you know, at some point, just as as individuals have got to accept responsibility for what has happened here. Uh, but obviously, there's there's plenty of that to spread around. So no doubt. We'll have plenty of more conversation on all of that. And believe it or not, the rest of this Colorado Rockies season, I have got an article very close to finished about why watch? What are you what are you watching? Why are you why are you doing this? Well, I have I hope what will be um a, a comforting reason for those of you who, if nothing else, can't stop. <laughs> for those of you who just 
have to watch your Colorado Rockies. Um, I'll go ahead and, and, and give you, I don't think I've got the exact phrasing of the headline down right now, but you deserve a break. You deserve, as Colorado Rockies fans, to get to watch these final, we got nine left, nine games of baseball, and enjoy whatever you can enjoy out of it. You had to, you had, again, I don't want to blow the article. You had a long off season. You had a very short season. It didn't go the way you wanted. Take these final nine games to just remember why you love the game. The game, not the laundry or the outcomes or the need for certain things to happen, any of that stuff. You got nine more until they stop. So let's enjoy the game. Yeah, because when it's over, that's it. So it's done. Yeah. Yeah, def- definitely enjoy it. Be- have uh, have uh, a bit of gratefulness, so to speak, and and of, of being able to appreciate it. I think your article is definitely going to illuminate a lot more than maybe people are realizing. As far as, hey, you know what, nine games. Uh, you know, even if, even if you say, all right, well, if they get swept by the Dodgers, I don't know how I you can count that one. So okay, fine. Starting Monday, eight games. There's there's a lot to to keep an eye on, a lot of storylines, and and we'll we'll leave it at that. But um, it it's not. It's not necessary to completely forget about the Colorado Rockies and, and turn away. You gotta you gotta keep grinding. You gotta grind as fans sometimes, and, right. and do those do those things because even That's if right. even when even when Colorado gets to the point where they get you know officially eliminated uh, from the eighth seed and, and and from the 2020 postseason, they're gonna have games that they're gonna need to play, uh, and at bats and and matchups against hitters. So they're gonna have to do their best because there's a lot lot more there than 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 you realize because it's it's not about winning and losing at that point it's it's winning and, and losing those little battles you know you do the little things well the big things take care of themselves so it's going to be about the little things and there's a lot of those little things to keep an eye on the final week of the colorado rockies 2020 season absolutely so keep it here with us make sure that you're following on social media at drew creaseman at patrick d lyons that you're given a subscribe to the dnvr.com so that you don't miss out on any of that written content. Plus, you get discounts on shirts, hats, masks, bigger beer, all kinds of cool stuff for hanging out with us, being a part of the DNVR community. Community, easy for me to say. Of course, we really, really appreciate hanging out with all of you. Hopefully, I'll get to see you down here at the DNVR bar once or twice before the season is out if you can't make it and even if you can actually that that qualification doesn't need to be in there because we hope that no matter who you are no matter where you are and no matter how you're dealing with this current stretch of rockies baseball you just continue to be absolutely awesome out there we will continue to be absolutely patrick lyons and drew creaseman in here and until next time we will see you at the ballpark taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on that's nice at caskers.com we make this experience easy 
Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive, sought-after, rare, and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.